Blog Talk Radio. Hello, America and around the globe. This is author Billy Jones, the author of Everyday Folks Books and the creator of Everyday Folks Radio, hosted live on Blog Talk Radio weekly Sundays from 3 to 4 p.m. It is a beautiful day this April 10th, 2016, and I am so delighted that many of you have already logged in and you're listening from wherever you are, from your computers and mobile devices to this weekly segment. And on this show, we will keep in tradition with what it's about. I like to celebrate and pay tribute to those individuals who are the unsung heroes, folks who are working out in their respective industries, making contributions in their communities and lives. And this is a chance to celebrate those individuals, much like the individuals who I write about in my Everyday Folk series. This past week has been very exciting. There's never a dull moment in my life. And I Realize I use that word exciting quite much. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's been exciting because as I wind down with the close of an academic term, there's so many exciting activities that are taking place here in my hometown of Miami and as well as in my work town of Broward County. And I just can't say how beautiful it is to be out and to be an artist in this time of this time of the season. There's so many festivals and activities. I hope that wherever you are in your respective communities, that you're getting out and getting in touch and making a contribution to the arts and celebrating what we do. Because the arts, is, it makes the world what it is. It helps inform the world. It, makes, it influences decision-making, whether it, becomes, whether, whether it applies to policies, and as well as it's just aesthetically pleasing. It makes the world a better place to live in. Be afraid to get out there and make a, make a connection. As well, I'd like to send a special shout to my colleague, Anike Madison, who I had on air last week, who, thanks to her, we have topped the charts in terms of our listenership. We were close to 1,300, so we actually exceeded the previous week, which was about 1,225 listeners. So thank you for all of you who are tuning in, because I know many of you are connected to the guests who I bring on the show. So thank you for your, your support. And for supporting first the guests, but also supporting what I'm about here at Everyday Folks Radio. If at any time you'd like to speak to me or our esteemed guests, you may do so by calling in at 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy and you prefer to send in your email uh, comment or question, you're welcome to do so anytime at Everyday Folks Listen at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So folks, today I'm making history. I have the pleasure of bringing on one of the most phenomenal, talented young men I have met in a very long time. And I'd like to read the bio that I posted for, about him on the blog radio promos and as well as on the other social media regarding this amazing man. Imani Brutus High school senior, filmmaker, and actor is a talented student who attends school in the Broward County public school system. His innovation and creativity know no bounds. At a young age, his parents knew that he was special. They cultivated his talents and interests, which have yielded many successes. 
Today, Imani is an actor on the local and regional community stages. Recently, he won the Best Supporting Actor Award from the Florida Theater Conference in Gainesville, Florida. And to add, he is a filmmaker producing thought-provoking documentaries and trailers about a variety of topics. Without a doubt, Imani is a talented young man with a bright future. You don't want to miss this interview, and I'm so privileged to have him here and to call him not only a, a mentee, but also a friend. Welcome to the show, Imani. How are you today? I'm pretty good. How are you? I am great. And first of all, I'd like to share with you, congratulations. I've told you this before. You are a busy young man. This is a very busy season for you, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it really is. I'm, I'm doing a lot of tasks and a lot of work, just constant movement. I always say if you have, when you're young, you're supposed to be adventurous. And I, and I and I know you epitomize that in every way. So you've been doing this. You've been in, you do a lot of things. I'd like to first start to share with folks how we first met. About a year ago, you and I were part of something very special at Broward College. I'm sure you recall what that was, right? Yeah, uh, Brothers Achieve uh, Leadership Institute. And what was that for you? In your own words, what did that Summer Leadership Institute provide for you? It completely turned me around in a sense that once I walked in on the first day, I had a sense of, like, maturity and leadership that just, like, came to me, like, from the moment that you, like, started speaking. And throughout the week, I realized that this was going to affect me not only on an academic level, but on a personal and on a, on a mature level that this, uh, how do you say, this... Um, yeah, this, this, this workshop was just um, very beneficial towards me inside uh, that sense. Very glad to hear that. And I, sh- I should share for those who are listening, just a brief overview. The Pre-College Summer Leadership Institute at Broward College is a cohort experience that promotes leadership, not only professional leadership, but academic and personal leadership within high school boys. And it targets grades 9 through 12, and students who attend any of the public schools within the Broward County system. The college took on this initiative under the leadership of my former amazing boss, Dr. Sean S. Madison, who is now the college president in in El Paso, Texas. So he had this vision to bring together youth, because as you know, Imani, there are a lot of things that are taking place out in our world that remind us that we need to do extra work in helping reach our youngest generation. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I really would. You are a member of MTL. So what is that? What is MTL? Uh, MTL is Mentoring Tomorrow's Leaders. And pretty much what that is, is it's a group of kids that uh, come together and the upperclassmen, which are the juniors and the seniors, they mentor the freshmen and the sophomores. And the way they do that is that they go and connect with these young kids and just let them know on a personal level and just be there for them for moral support and for any other support that they need. So my personal mentee, Entrez, he's he's a very bright young man. Honestly, he is doing better than I ever did academically. Uh, and that was what I was looking forward to, is just being that open arms and just being that open ear to Entrez in case he has to ever come to me for anything. And we always talk, and I always email him, see how he's doing. And when I see him in school, I make sure that, you know, he's getting to class on time and all that type of stuff. But what MTL really is, is it prevents dropout. Um, it reduces dropout prevention. 
Um, it increases uh, graduation rates, and it's mainly uh, for the influence of young black males and young minorities. Awesome. I've had an opportunity to work with Ms. Baker, with the founder, actually, and as well as Miss um, Carr, and there are other individuals who, have, who across the school district make this possible. I'm just floored with the level and type of model this provides, that you have upperclassmen mentoring, um, um, upperclassmen mentoring um, underclassmen. And I think that's great. And you find value in that, I'm sure, because when you're teaching and mentoring, it's also you're learning as well. And so right. I, I find that so awesome, but you know how awesome you are. I tell you this all the time. You're so special. I'll, <laughs> I, I'll adopt you. Your parents don't want you anymore. I'll adopt you, okay? I'll take you in. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so at the end of the program, you produced, at the end of the, end of the summer um, experience, you produced, you were the CEO, by the way, for folks to be aware of this. Each, the, the students identify, either students self-identify or they elect and nominate a leader among themselves. Well, Imani was the chief executive officer of the program for during his cohort. So he was like the president, and he did a phenomenal job in leading his, 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 his peers to in a phenomenal closing ceremony, but also culminating activities that made folks think. So you produced a video. Do you remember that video you produced at the end of that segment? Yes, I do. That video was, very... was, it was amazing. Go ahead. Yeah, it it was um that video to me was very influential. It actually made me cry. If you remember on the on the day of the closing ceremony, because I just wanted to highlight all the all the activities and all the obstacles that you presented to us and how we had to overcome it. And as I like to say, overcome adversity. That whole week, I wanted to make sure that I really grasped the not the difficulty, but the compassion that all that all of the guest speakers had when they spoke to us, that we felt that level of engagement finally uh, with, with certain adults, and now we just, like, try to look on life on another level. That whole week, most of us looked at it as if it was going to be something school-related, but when we really got there and really got to understand what the week was, we right. understood that this is going to carry on through life. We're going to remember this through life. It's not just going to be a week. Like, this is a week that we'll never forget. Wow. I'm so grateful that, for your comments and, and your feedback. And what we do, just just to close on that topic, the reason why we do it, I'm, I'm only providing what was given to me. And I don't feel there are enough opportunities out in the world today as, as vast and as innovative and as mixed culturally, religious, different religious views, et cetera, that are taking place. We still need to focus on foundation itself. And, and sometimes we men, older men and younger men, we don't do that enough. So thank you so much for that feedback. So I want to ask you a question. You're welcome. You have been fascinated in theater and, and filmmaking. What fascinates you about these fields, these areas? Um, I've always been the outgoing type. From a young age, I knew that I was different from the other kids. In a good way, though. <laughs> uh, I have to say my first love for theater came from my very first theater-based performance. Uh, my elementary school <laughs> bassoon put on a Motown production. It wasn't nothing major, but I was blessed to have the role as the lead in the group The Temptations. At the time, wow. it, didn't, it didn't really seem like that big of a deal, but when I look back and I reflect on where did this love come from, I realized <laughs> that it sparked a never-ending fire that I carry on with me today. 
my love for filmmaking is actually pretty funny <laughs> if you think about it. Um, I started using cameras in general like around sixth grade when I was in television production. Being in that course allowed me to express my personality in ways that I haven't before. I learned how to edit videos and be the director of, like, everything. But once I realized that television production and cinematography aren't, are completely different, I started to experiment with the projects I started to produce. And as the years progressed, my videos started getting better and getting a lot of local attention. Even hmm. uh, it, was re- it was recently where a student walked up to me in school and he was like, hey, yo, um, I know you're, you're uh, King Zero Zero Print, right, which is my uh, stage name. And yep. he and he realized me off of um, some of my videos. So the fascination with both theater and filmmaking are kind of like intertwined, because I always tie them together to get both aspects of performing, whether it's live or recorded. Hmm. And I think you have an advantage, especially today, with technology being so available and so portable and mobile. Right. You have more access, or well, I shouldn't say access, but more opportunities. But even still, just because you capture it doesn't mean it's a lot of behind-the-scenes work. And it mm-hmm. requires a, a number of skills, right? Different types of skills yeah. that you use. And and you are also an actor. Because right now you're actually part of a play. You have a, an ensemble taking place of some sort. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Or are you at liberty to talk about it? Uh, yeah, I can talk about it. Uh, pretty much the production that I'm uh, in the works right now is called Jesus Hop the A-Train. Pretty much Jesus Hop the A-Train is a play about a man named Andrew Cruz, played by my good friend Kirby Collins, who's in jail after shooting the reverend um, from the church in the ass. The reverend ended up dying of a heart attack, so he went down for murder. He meets wow. in the prison Lucius Jenkins, which is my character, and Lucius is in prison because he's a mass murderer. I'll give you guys a second for that to sink in. You know, my character is a mass murderer, so... As soft-spoken as I am, I have to portray a mass murderer inside this play. And Lucius is in prison um, simply because, you know, he was killing a lot of people. And he's a born-again Christian who found God, um, and God forgave him for all of the terrible acts he's done. So throughout the play, you tend to see a lot of modern issues that we all face in life. And mm-hmm. uh, this is, it's just a truth-telling, cage-rattling play about faith, justice, and diminishing options in American prison and just a little behind the scenes. Um, that's mm-hmm. like the plot of the show behind the scenes is uh, with this, with this show right now, we're, we're currently looking for a venue, but the whole show is finished. Just like a little background on my cast and crew. It's eight students along with myself that are putting up this production. Our director, unfortunately is not here in Florida, but he's still offering his support from Georgia where he's currently mm-hmm. living. And we took this show to Gainesville in November for a state theater competition, which is called FTC, Florida Theater Conference. And we took home the best award there, which were Best Lead Actor by Kirby Collins, Best Supporting Actor by myself, and Best All-Star Cast Member by my good friend Raquel Dykes. It was amazing that we did so well, but we wanted to be able to showcase this hard work and talent to our own community, family, and friends. This is the main reason why we wanted to bring the show down here which is why we've been pushing to do this show on our own. So we established a website, online ticket sales, and even a GoFundMe to help us cover the cost of costumes, sets, and the cost of the theater. So doing this one project has had its ups and downs, but it's, you know, it's helped me on the production side and on the acting side to get a whole grasp of what it takes to put on a show. Wow, Armani, I'm, I'm just floored by what you just shared. All of you are high school students, correct? 
Yes, all eight of us are high school students. It's uh, it, The cast is uh, only five people, and the tech is only three people. So we have a stage manager, a lighting director, and a sound director, and that's it. So eight kids. I'm amazed at how you're able to assemble this, and you're also able to muster support elsewhere. And I always feel if you can't get things done in your own backyard, you need to do what you can to get the message through. And whatever you put out there, you receive in return. I'm so just elated to hear that you you guys haven't let anything stop your goal. And I salute you there. And of course, here at Everyday Folks Radio, we're going to be supporting you, helping promote your effort when you find that venue, and of course, contributing to your, your, your GoFundMe campaign as well. Important that we Thanks. support that, folks. So for those who are listening right now, I'm interviewing the amazing Imani Brutus, who's a student senior, I want to say that because he's graduating in the next few weeks from high school. He's a high school senior filmmaker and actor, and he is making things happen, not only locally, but I would say regionally as well. If you'd like to call and speak to him, the number is 347-539-5372. Again, that is 347-539-5372. And if you'd like to email your comments or questions, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Everyday folks, that's folks with an S, listen at gmail.com. Imani, I have a couple of questions from you. you do, you've attracted the interest of a, of a couple of listeners. This is from Trenton, Imani, who lives in Miami, Florida. Okay. He, he writes, my parents don't support my interest to become a professional artist. Any advice on how to tackle this is appreciated. Um, pretty much uh, for Trenton, uh, the my parents and my family have always supported me in whatever I've done, but what I really suggest is that you follow what you love because when you follow what you love, the money will follow, if you get what I mean. Because a lot of people, especially in this time, they tend to go wherever the money is. But if you go wherever the money is, you're never going to put 100% effort into what you're doing. And mm. I always take that personal philosophy everywhere I go because, for, for example, um, I went to – I transferred to South Bar High School in my junior year uh, simply to do basketball and to pursue theater. Once I realized that I can't do both because, mm-hmm. you know, my schedules are starting to intertwine and it was starting to uh, conflict each other, mm-hmm. I realized that I had to make a decision. And once I really looked at it, I knew that I didn't want to be a basketball player when I got older because I was like, you know, I- I'm not going to be a basketball player when I get older. I always wanted to act, and I feel like I can act for my whole life until I die. So I made that decision from that moment, and I told my basketball coach, I said, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to go with what I love instead of doing this right now because I'm taking the opportunity from somebody who wants to do what they love mm-hmm. instead of me doing what I love, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. So Absolutely. pretty much the, uh, the advice I give is just if they're not supporting you right now, just, just, you know, just hope and just pray that you – can get their support soon enough and just go after what you love and go after your dreams, man. That was great advice to Trent and Imani. The only thing I'll just add to that, I think that was phenomenal, by the way. The only thing I'll add too is that you got to surround yourself with other people who are making things happen. Right. I, I think right. other people that would support your dreams. Right. And I, and, and who, in fact, Im, Im, Imani, who supports you? Who do you say is, who would you say is the person who, or individual or entity that influences you or serves as a role yeah. model? Um, my family, hands down. My family are the ones who inspire me to wake up every day. Oh, that and my alarm clock buzzing in my ear at like 30 <laughs> in the morning. That's, the, that's another thing that wakes me up. 
but uh, my 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 family have always pushed me to strive for better, no matter what, even if I didn't want to. My mother mainly has always like supported any decision I wanted to make for myself, whether it's basketball, theater, filmmaking, cheerleading, political sciences, you name it. She was there to have my back with her little poster, you know. And she's probably listening right now, so that in itself is still support. Uh, if you're listening, uh, I love you. Um, but my mom knows that I'm not perfect. As good as I may come across, I have messed up a couple of times, and we all know that nobody's perfect. But mm-hmm. she still remains my toughest critic out of love and to make sure that she constructs the strong, intelligent, and bright man that she had. Sometimes she might protect me a little too much, but even when she does, we just talk about it and we speak about topics that most children and parents find uncomfortable to share. She's a woman that hides nothing, and she'll be brutally honest with everyone she meets or come across. I can't say she's as loving to everyone as myself because she reserves all her love for our family, but at the end of the day, she's a person that motivates me to do better and be better than the next person, no matter how much smarter they might be than me. I make sure I shine in my own right. And it's funny because I don't always roll out the red carpet for my family for all that they do with the things that they do to keep us stable, but mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to find a worthy thank you. Um, but they all know that I love them with all my heart. They're they're my biggest support. They're my biggest fan. And they're always the one in my corner, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter what I pursue. So that's why I always have them in my corner to be my number one fan. Oh, that's so lovely. And I have to say this to your mom as well, because I met your mom, your dad, you know, your, your newborn's baby sister, I believe, right? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I say to them, I will take 100 more Imanis if you can send them my way at Broward College. <laughs> yeah. They've done well. You've done well, Brutus family. I just want to say that. You've done very well. So hats off and continue the great work. You have another question actually coming in. This is from Desmond from Orlando, Imani. He okay. asks the following question. How do you balance your school and artist lives? Do you work as well? well Oh, yes, I do. As as Dr. Jones said, you know, I'm a very I'm a very busy young man. Um, pretty much, I do have a job. Um, and I've been working since the age of 14. Pretty much, my mom told me from a young age, you know, if you want something, you have to go work for it and go get it. Don't go get it illegally. Just go get it and work for it. So once I heard that, I was like, you know what? That's pretty simple. All you got to do is work for it, and I and I can get it. <laughs> Easy. All right. So ever since the age of 14, I've been working. And once I started to actually pursue acting and theater and all that, I realized that it was getting difficult because my first year doing theater at South Broward, uh, my grades were a little low, and I know that I had to pick them up. But that is the reason that was the reason that why I chose to join MTL was because they helped me pick myself up academically, and they helped me become more of a leader. And they're the ones who actually influenced me to continue theater because I was actually questioning quitting theater um, just wow. so I can make sure that I graduate because I w- it was really bad my junior year. But they were the ones who influenced me to continue theater and to continue um, getting my grades. So pretty much what I do is is I just make sure I prioritize. Everything you got to prioritize. So whether it's rehearsal, if you have rehearsal to like 8 o'clock p.m., just make sure two hours out of rehearsal while you're just sitting down or you're just running lines, you know, pull out some homework, you know, just start uh, doing some questions. Start doing the easier homework or doing the harder homework so you can get a head start so when you get home, you don't have to be overwhelmed with all the work and then, you know, you got chores at home or, 
you know, work after school. It is it is very challenging, I'm not going to lie. But I'm proud to say that this year, my senior year, I've overcome all of that. And I'm, I have exceptional grades. I did well in theater. And I'm doing well in work and all that stuff, which is which is great. You actually touched on a question that's coming, that a point that relates to a question that I'm receiving just now from Ryan from Davie, Florida. And Ryan asked the following question. I can't imagine my life without my art. He says, I'm an actor too. But sometimes it gets tiring. How do you stay motivated, Imani? Um, honestly, most of my motivation for acting uh, always comes from watching movies. And mm-hmm. when I say watching movies, I do a lot of research. Like, people don't really realize how much research you can do watching movies and watching TV shows. I watch a lot. I do a lot of research when it comes to acting. And pretty much my motivation is the drive for the character. And what I mean by the drive for the character, I mean that when I get a script in front of me, mm-hmm. I instantly go into this mode. Like, I just snap. I go into this mode that I need to analyze the character, analyze what is his motivation. And pretty much that motivation for the character becomes my motivation to find out who he is to become him. Because in acting, you're not playing somebody else. You are becoming that person. So that is what I really use as my motivation to keep on and to continue acting because I'm known to be a personality. So what's better than to transform into another personality and to create an image for everybody to see or uh, impersonation for everybody to see. So that's my main motivation is just to keep looking and to keep researching and all that stuff for movies and TV shows and to just, you know, just have fun with it, honestly. I think it's so fun for me that I just just keep on doing it. And and it sounds that passion that you have for the craft is is very evident. You described... Much what you just just described now in terms of your prep and your interest in developing the full character, it's very similar to the writing process for me as a writer. I don't just write things. Sometimes ideas come to me and I'm inspired. But if I still want to remain true to detail, even if it's fictional, if I need to, I need to pay homage in a positive way by doing my homework on the background. Case in point, I write in different voices and points of view. I'm a man. I will never know what it's like to be a woman. But sometimes some of the protagonists of whom I write are women. And so if I'm going to stick true to a type of woman or a stereotype even there too, I still have to do my homework to make sure I'm paying it homage as it should. And I think a lot of folks don't realize is, yes, there is the excitement of preparing and producing and showcasing what that characterization is about. But you got to know what it's about and really get immersed. And it could be quite exhilarating, if not exhausting especially when you go far and into deep with what you're trying to do, would you say? Yes, I, I would, because honestly, with, when it comes to acting and writing in itself, you have to make sure that you're completely focused and determined. And that goes back to, uh, I, think it was, uh, I think it was the first question, uh, mm-hmm. what are you, pretty much like you have to have that motivation and that drive to do it or unless you're not going to want to do it. So if you're not passionate about writing, if you're not passionate about acting, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Because when you do the stuff that you love, it will feel like you're not even working. Like when I mm. do cinematography and when I do acting, like when I was putting up these Hop the A Train, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was working. And all these hours would always pass by so quickly because I'm doing the art and the, and the craft that I love. Hmm. You just made me think of something. 
you know, at, as it takes a lot to do acting in memorizing, especially when you're memorizing lines and characters, even though there are times when you have to do improvisation, but you still have to keep true to the script that's been produced. Right. You can't right. just change one preposition or one word when the script writer said, I want this particular word. So you've got to find a way to make it work, right? I find that it, it, it takes a special person to do that. And, and I'm just so amazed that you continue to do that. You're taking theater classes. I think you're in theater now, your senior year, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. And so after this is done, you're going to be going on to college. And I know that this is something that you're going to be doing there. What is going to be your focus? Because you're doing acting, but you're also doing the film side. What are you going to major in once you arrive to college? Um, pretty much what I'm going to be majoring in is cinematography and filmmaking. Cinematography and filmmaking is, uh, is the film side of acting. It's not really theater because I've done uh-huh. theater for probably like around four years now. So, mm-hmm. And I've always been doing video and cinematography. So I was thinking about going to college to go pursue my cinematography and my filmmaking degree. And once I get that, I start to get an understanding for the entire craft of film because, of course, I'm going to continue to act. But Mm -hmm. I feel it's always best for everybody to know what everybody's job is. So in high school, for example, when when we would do plays, I've done the role of the stage manager, the, the tech. I've done sound, light, and I've been on stage. So I know how everything goes and pretty much what that goes is is, I mean as in a respect type of way because a lot of actors sometimes they don't know the type of stress that the techies might have sometimes or they won't understand what they have to do to make the actors look good because at the end of the day people are not going to walk out of the show and be like you know what that was some good tech they're (laughs) going to always uh, compliment the actors so that's why I always wanted to learn about the behind the scenes. I was always interested in that. But cinematography always been a passion of mine because as much as I love to be in front of the camera, I love to be behind the camera because I love to just create images that people think of. Whenever people think of anything, I would want to just create it. And I always tell people that when they ask me to do a video for them, I tell them first thing off the bat, what do you want? What are you thinking? And let me create it. Whatever mm-hmm. you're thinking, just let me create it. And when they, when they find themselves surprised because they're like, wow, you actually did it. You actually did exactly what I was picturing. I was like, yeah, all you had to do is just explain very descriptively what you want. But um, honestly, cinematography and acting is all in one in itself because I feel like I can be not the next Tyler Perry, but I'm go- I never say I'm going to be the next somebody else. I always say I'm going to be the first Imani Brutus. But mm. in that sense, yes. if, you get what I, if you get what I mean. Oh, absolutely. I surely do. I do. And, and it's interesting because some of the best actors who now are behind the screen and producing and directing film, they are the yeah. ones who knew what it was like being in front. There is so much behind the scenes work. And it, there is value in that, knowing where every key player or, or uh, stakeholder in the experience, where he or she contributes. And so I marvel and I am fascinated by the fact that you're there. For those of you who are listening now, you're listening to BJ, the author, speaking to Imani Brutus, who is a student, filmmaker, and actor here in Florida. And if you'd like to speak to him or me, you may do so at any time by calling 347-539-5372. That is 347-539-5372. And you may email your comments or questions to me at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. 
Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And Imani, the emails are coming in. (laughs) You are so popular here. I see that we have a comment, actually a a question from Norfolk, Virginia, from a gentleman by the name of Montgomery. Montgomery, thanks for listening to us up there. The question goes as follows. I'm a 22-year-old dad with a kid working a job I don't like, and I want to go back to school. I should have listened to my mom. You know, what, how should I get on track? Um, what I always done in my life so far, I've always looked at the people that were older than me, and I let, unfortunately, they were um, examples. For me, it was a great example because it showed me what I didn't want to, I didn't want my life to start to go that way. And not in a very negative way or not to knock anybody, but I know I always wanted more for myself. But to answer his question, I really suggest that you should, like, he should go back to school if that's what he really wants. Because if you're working a dead-end job, think about it. You're working a job just to pay a check. So right when you get your paycheck, it's already spent, if you understand yep. what I'm saying. So, so yes. pretty much you're just working just by, by the day. You need to start um, building a career. You need to start actually working towards your future and not working towards the end of the month. Of course, you know, you have a child to support, so you can't just stop everything and say, hey, I'm just going to focus my career, but you can do it in steps. People Mm -hmm. a lot always want to take an elevator to success, and I always realize that, you know, I can't take an elevator to success personally because that elevator is never going to work if I try to take it straight up to the the top floor. I got to make sure I take the staircase, and I got to make sure that I'm taking my steps properly and not... Um, track like going back. I can't be taking mm-hmm. steps back. So pretty much what I suggest is that you start looking up what, what are you interested in and what do you want to pursue? What careers are you would tie into what you're interested in? And then start to see how you can uh, access those. Like you can go to technical schools. You can go to uh, local colleges. You can start going to seminars for that inside that career field. And then little by little build your career so you can still have your job, but you're building your future career to support not only you, but your daughter and your family or child. I, I don't know if it's a daughter or son. My apologies. But to support your family in itself because that's the biggest thing now is that if you have a family, you got to make sure you support them. And that's what my family has always done for me. So I just looked at it from examples in life and just look at the people that I didn't want to really turn out like and then the people that I would like to turn out like and just use everybody's examples to just build my own legacy and to build my own story. Well said. You know, I, I feel that very often we're, we, we live in this civic engagement age where, yes, we should be serving and contributing to our community because if we have a good community, it's a safer community, it's a great community for our families to be raised in and for us to live. But very often we fail to realize that you also have to do good things for yourself. And that right. means taking advantage of opportunities, whether it be seminars, webinars, Finding a community group or interest within your own locale to, to help further or hone in and just connect with people. I think your advice right. is very golden there. And I don't think you're ever too start too it's ever too late to start because education is ageless. So it's always right. there. You know, you just gotta know what I, you want and know want it for I the right al- reason. Go ahead, please. Yeah, if I can if I can elaborate on one more thing, uh pretty much yeah. a lot of people ask me sometimes and I honestly do not know a lot of things uh, when it comes to how to do certain stuff, but a lot of people ask me, hey, how'd you do this, or how'd you figure this out? 
I always say that Google is my best friend, and I've heard that <laughs> from a lot of peers and a lot of mentors. But the Internet, honestly, has everything to offer. Anytime I don't know how to do something or anytime I need some advice that somebody doesn't, that, that doesn't know, I always, I, that's why I invested in a laptop so young because I'm like, you know what, I need to make sure I have an outlet and an access to the rest of the world and to have the information that I need to succeed. So when I tried to, um, like I was thinking about it at the end of my junior year, beginning of senior year, mm-hmm. what am I going to do uh, in two years from now? I'm always thinking about the future. What am I going to do two years from now? I was already looking up, you know, cast, uh, casting agents, talent agencies, all that stuff to try to figure out what is the best option for me. And I've learned so much in the past, I don't know, like year of what I'm going to do ahead of time. So I'm always thinking ahead, but I still remain in the present, if you understand what I'm saying. So that's the Absolutely. only thing is just that you always want to make sure you're doing research and always making sure that you're on the Internet um, to find out what you want and what you want to help you succeed. So. That was very well said. And, I'll, and, and I have a question coming in from Marcos from Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Here's your question, Imani. How do you afford your film equipment? I want to start creating films too, but can't afford it. Um, this is actually a really, a really good question because um, a, lo- a lot of people don't know this, but when I started doing videos, uh, mm-hmm. the videos I did in school, those were obviously school cameras, but when I was outside of school, I, I was trying to find difficulty because I'm like, you know what, I don't have the same cameras I have in school. What am I going to do? So mm-hmm. I saw my iPhone, and my friend was like, you know what, I, can you make me a music video? I made two music videos for my friend off of my iPhone 4S, and I downloaded iMovie, and I downloaded GarageBand, and I just pretty much constructed his whole music video, posted it on YouTube, all from my phone. And a lot of people were so shocked because they're like, you did that on your phone? And honestly... Until you can really afford to get a camera, because right now, of course, I have a camera, but that camera really isn't completely mine because my sister and I share it. And mm-hmm. pretty much what we, what we did was we just built our money and like just um, put our money together to get a camera. But until you can really afford your camera equipment, because the first thing you need, obviously, is a camera. You can't really get camera equipment until you have the camera. But... I suggest, uh, just for anybody who wants to get cameras, Canon is the best way to go. Canon is always the best way to go. I personally have a Canon Rebel T5i. But if you ever want to go get a camera, you want to make sure that if you're working or if you have any income that uh, you usually, like, want to put aside, just, you know, put aside $20, $30 every paycheck. And before you know it, you'll have enough money to get a camera for yourself. And when I got my first one, I didn't even know what to do with it because I was so shocked that I actually had it and not have to borrow the one from school. Mm. I think you just realized, you just made me realize too, there are no excuses in all this. If you have a passion and want to do what you want to do, you have to make it happen. You'll find a way. And it's all about the networking. It's all, it's all about the options and also the sacrifice. And I, I say this, here's an example. I know someone very dear who um, recently approached me and wants to write a book and also wants to kind of do what, I, what I'm doing now in terms of hosting um, his or her own internet blog, radio, et cetera. And so one of the questions we both realized, I said, in order to, to, to make, if you're looking at it from a profit side, yes, it is our business. You have to treat it like a business. And that means being professional in all your communications with people, finding 
resources and gathering all resources, both locally and those that are donated, to help make that vision come to fruition. It was about, it's all about choices. And I feel that sometimes a lot of folks are, they want to get to the top. Like you said, they want to take the elevator or the escalator to get to the top. But there is a thing called experience that helps make the journey worthwhile. And I'm so glad to hear that you figured out at such a young age that that's how this works. Nothing comes for free in, in, in greatness. It, it, it can start overnight, but it just doesn't happen there. It gets cultivated. So you're right. saluted for that, Imani, for having what I call an old soul. Have you heard that before? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that term before. Doesn't mean you're old. <laughs> <laughs> right. It doesn't mean you're old, but it just means that you're so mature and you get it. Because so many people spend their lives going through life trying to figure it out, whatever it is. Right. And you got yeah, and it. I like to, Go ahead, I please. I like to tell people. Yeah, I like to tell people that um, because I'm known around school and people who know me personally, uh, they know that I'm a goof. I'm a goofball. I, all I do is want to laugh. I just want to smile. I'll always make jokes. But the only thing is that people who know me on a personal level, they really don't really see all of this stuff because I don't say everything I think. All of my personal thoughts and my and my personal views, I don't always share with everybody. So mm-hmm. a lot of people who tend to only see the goofball side of me, they're like, oh, you know, you're not even all that mature. But, you know, I usually never comment on it because I try not to showcase or brag um, really what my brain is uh, is doing is doing really because I'm always thinking and I'm always planning on um, what I want to do in life and what's next to come, if you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. I think it's important to have a plan. And that skeleton of a plan it, it, it has to be flexible, but it needs to be focused, laser focused. And you just touched on a question that I want to ask you, which relates to your leadership, Imani. You, to me, epitomize what it means to be a leader in the 21st century. So I ask this question to you. What do you feel are the qualities that make a good leader today? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Um, characteristics in a good leader are kind of like people. Leaders come in all shapes and sizes, but an overall leader to me is someone who naturally can pull together a group of pe- a group of people and listen to each other, listen to each other's ideas and help each other construct and build together. Like when mm-hmm. I first started MTL, M- Mentoring Tomorrow's Leaders, for you guys on, that don't know, uh, is a club at my high school that was created for dropout prevention, career and college readiness, and increase of graduation rates, all influenced by students. I started to understand a meaning of a true leader. And a lot of people, I realized, they, a lot of people have this big misconception of what a leader actually is. Uh, mm-hmm. A leader can be anyone. You don't even have to speak to be a leader, which is actually what I personally like. Your actions are what show people your leadership. Mm-hmm. Leading, by mm-hmm. example is the best, leading by example is the best outlet to reach everyone to let them know that you would not be here if it wasn't for them. That's why... I was always trying to influence my peers to be leaders, but in their own sense. I'm not saying be like me, but be mm-hmm. a leader in your own sense. I'm more of the outspoken, optimistic personality leader. People want to hear what I have to say usually. But you can be the, the intellectual, soft-spoken leader that is a great example for the student body just because of their grade and just because of their demeanor um, in, the, in the classroom. There are kids that I, know, um, that I know today that I look to as leaders and they don't even notice. A lot, of, a lot of students that I come across in MTL, they look at me as if I'm the ideal leader, like I'm the perfect leader. But when I look back at them and I see them answering questions, I see them asking questions, 
I see them interacting and engaging uh, in, inside their own sense. I'm like, wow, that's what a leader really is. And But let me answer the question before I waste time here. Um, the no, you're fine. Go ahead, please. Yeah. The characteristics I look for in a leader are bravery, compassion, mm-hmm. enthusiasm, mm-hmm. motivation, mm-hmm. and wisdom. And the reason why I say those five traits is that that would make a great leader, but an exceptional leader isn't all of us, and some of us don't even realize because we're too caught up in trying to fit the norm. We're trying to fit that right. that popularity status. They feel that leaders are the people that are most popular on campus, the people that everybody loves, and that's not always the case. You know, there, there's a lot of things that comes with being a leader, and there's a lot of things that de- determine who's a leader and who's not. Mm. You're right, and I think – Today, more than ever, we are in dire need of new leaders. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago in one of the shows. I came across a very startling piece of, uh, of information that, that as of today, Amani, you are part of the Generation Millennials, and I am a Generation Xer. And yeah. the, research, the, the generational research is indicating the following. That is that 50% of the world's population is made up of Millennials today. Mm-hmm. That is an amazing number. It is an amazing number, and it reminds us that time waits for no one. It is progressive, and it moves onward. And as a result, this world, in terms of my notion of leadership, I have my theoretical and I have my practical notions. One thing's for certain, though, those notions are applicable to who I am and what has brought me to where I'm at today. But the, new gen- the younger generations who are now coming of age and contributing to the workforce, they're putting a, their own different spin on leaders. So people are done with the days of having leaders who are dogmatic in approach, folks who uh, do as I say, don't have a voice. Younger generations are now looking for individuals who want not only to to listen and and, and allow others to contribute, but also are, are open to fun and not realizing that work is work. It is work, but also having a little fun while you're doing it. Because if you're, if you're right. fortunate, just eight hours of your day with these people who you're not related to on a biological level, at least it'd be nice to say that you could enjoy your time with them. And so there are a lot of issues that are taking place today, would you say, for teenagers. What do you feel are some of the greatest challenges? If you had to summarize in maybe one, two, or three points, the top challenges facing teens today, what would you say they are? Yeah, I'm going to limit this down to one point because I feel like this is the biggest challenge that teenagers face today. And it's not only teenagers, it's adults too sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. But the biggest challenges that teenagers face today, I believe, is relationships. And when I say relationships, I don't mean simply boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about the relationships with teachers, friends, peers, siblings, like anybody Mm -hmm. that you come encounter with. Uh, I suffer from this sometimes too, but teens are, are so ready to send a tweet or text someone that could be right next to them. You know what I mean? The, uh, the, lack, of, the lack of engagement with people is quite alarming when you look at it. Uh, but think about it in this sense. Say I'm 15. I'm going on a job interview. Mind you, mm-hmm. I'm known for always being on my phone and social media regardless of where I'm at. I'm always on the phone. So I'm at mm-hmm. the job interview, and the manager asks me, why should we hire you? What is so special about you that we should hire you over the next person? Instead of saying an actual, like actual quality responses and explain to the manager their character and qualities, they say responses like, mm, you know, I'm good. Um, I, I like the store. You know, um, 
and it, it, it's completely asinine to watch my very own generation be consumed by the use of social media. Like, don't get me wrong or misconstrue what I'm saying here, because social media is a great outlet to reach people 24-7 and connect, but you got to know when to put the phone down and to have a face-to-face conversation. It's the connection that is really ruining us here, and it's it's not always teens that suffer from this problem, too. You know, it's adults, and 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 they know who they are. All we have to do is just understand when to put the phone down and just understand when to start to have conversations with actual people and start to build those relationships because, you know, social media can only get you so far. And you're all, if you're always on social media, you lose that engagement level with people. So when you actually see them in person, you're like, mm, ah, let me text you instead. And, right. you know, what? Uh, I think my mom always tells me why why do I always have my phone in my hand and she says it might as well have been like an extension of my hand like if you get like a six finger and mm-hmm. you know sometimes I, I tend to realize that sometimes I'll be doing a chore and I'll still have my phone in my hand and I'll have to put it in my pocket because most of the time I'm not going to lie I always have my phone in my hand whether if I'm using it or, or I'm not but that's just a, a certain habit that we all got to get out of especially of just staying on social media 24-7 no matter where you're at because not only you're losing relationships, but you're losing your sense of awareness. You're losing where you are, who's around you. Like if you're so focused and so pinpointed on your phone, you're not going to know who's around you or what's around you, and that can start to bring danger around you actually. That's the biggest biggest challenge. And, you know, I I was the other night I was – I had the opportunity, uh, you actually don't know, so I'm going to tell you. I had the opportunity to be, in, I was invited to the screening of the new movie that just came out from Disney, The Jungle Book. So I went to the private screening. It was so good, by the way. Great movie. I encourage everyone to go see it. However, before the movie started, one of the attendants of the company that was, uh, that was providing or hosting this, this special release, VIP release, they mentioned, she came out, she was very gracious. She said, this movie is, it is what it is. We've got to make sure that no one has their phones on. Don't even check your phone during the film because Disney wants to ensure the integrity of the film itself and not having it compromised by someone taking it or taping it and putting it elsewhere. And it was a 3D film. And they even stood up, there was a lady afterwards who, who followed the conversation by saying, we will have on night vision goggles watching you during the film to make sure that you're complying with these rules or you'll be asked to leave. If you get a phone. So basically they said, turn phones off, not on silent, turn them off. And I must say for an hour and 51 minutes, because that movie was two hours and I didn't realize it was that long because it was so good. But I'll tell you this, there were not, there was not a single interruption, at least not from where I was seated, seated. And I could see a lot from my, my view, not a single interruption took place when it came to technology. And you, may, you bring up a good point, which is, yes, it is a beautiful tool. I, I, I lose my phone. I know what I feel like. It's just like losing my phone, my, my old hard copy phone book. But there is a limit to all those things. And there's nothing greater than having a one-on-one physical connection with someone, that interpersonal communication connection that sometimes gets lost because we think it's easier to text or tweet. And I think it's, we're in an age where digital rhetoric is actually a topic that I want to cover coming up in the fall, when I teach ENC 1101, I'm thinking of taking a course that only focuses on digital rhetoric, 
And folks don't realize this, but you do type and you do communicate with others every day through writing. Even if you're texting and tweeting, you are in a you're in the um, the use of communication as it means to literal communication and writing. And so there is a rhetoric to it depending on the, the, the platform that you're using. And that in itself deserves to be studied. And I like to explore that. And so it, it is a challenge. And I appreciate you bringing it up because if you don't connect with people, how can you build these human resources? People need people. We weren't programmed to live alone. And I really appreciate your bringing that comment. So, Imani, we're down to the last couple of minutes, and we do have a couple of questions I want to try to get in before we head out. So we have a okay. question from Cindy from Miami, Florida. Here's the question. Do you come from a large family, Imani? Any other actors or artists in your family? Um, I do come from a large family, but I don't live with a large family, if you get what I'm saying. Like, I have a lot of family on my dad's side. I have a um, I have a lot of family on my on my mother's side, but I only live with my mother, my my father, and my sister and my baby sister. It's the only people mm-hmm. I live with. But I do have other family inside my big family tree that only I can. I think only one of them is an artist on my dad's side. Actually, my cousin Rayvon, he's mm-hmm. a singer, so he knows what it's like to be on the performance side and all that, but I do come from a big family, but, you know, I, I live and I personally claim my smaller side of my family. Hmm. And there's another question from Melba from Atlanta, Georgia. Melba writes the following. Imani, if someone were to come to you today and offer you a large sum of money to direct a film or a play, would you accept it and delay going to college? Um, Absolutely not. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to just put my education on hold for a one-time uh, lump sum of of any type of money. Because yes, money is important. But say if I was to accept the money and I missed out on my opportunity to attend college, mm-hmm. it's 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 something that that I wouldn't want to happen because you can always get a large amount of money. Like think about the people that win the lottery, for a great example. They win the lottery, what do they do? They buy planes, they buy boats, they buy big houses, they file mm-hmm. for bankruptcy in like a month. You know, I mm-hmm. don't want that to happen for me, so I want to make sure that I, you know, I just plan out what I'm going to do and actually plan my life by going to school and uh, pursuing that education, but you know, if somebody did want to make a very, a very uh, generous donation, you know, I would accept <laughs> it. But I would still, I would still go to school just so I can make sure and ensure that I'm doing and taking all the steps correctly, and not trying gotcha. to take that elevator to success. Well, you said it right. I mean, it, at the end of the day, opportunities come all the time, and right. yes, it's important to realize that you got to stay the course. But sometimes the grass isn't always green on the other side. And I think you picture, right. you pinpointed that quite well. If you stay the right. course, power. It's this power in education. If I can elaborate on one last thing, um, actually, just a quick shout out. Just a quick shout out. Um, my sister, um, my older sister, she has her own uh, YouTube show called South Florida Beat, where she interviews uh, local artists in itself. <laughs> so, my sister is actually considered a, a very influential artist because she goes around to all these local artists that a lot of people on social media, they, they idolize. 
So she goes to those groups, she goes to those people um, that these other kids on social media are idolizing, and she mm-hmm. just creates an outlet on to meet them. So pretty much like a like a VH1 behind the story type thing for local artists inside our South Florida region. And I just feel um, that in itself is, uh, has been inspiration to me uh, as well because looking at her do something so great and something so so meaningful has empowered me to try to do the same. So when she does her shows and when she um, puts together all of her uh, productions and all her shows, it's what really drives me to, you know, do better in, in itself as well. Oh, that's so wonderful. And you actually, it's a great time for us to segue to our closing, Imani. You are, you and I have been talking about a couple of things. One of which is actually starting your own show, perhaps, on Everyday Folks Radio. And I'd just like yeah. to share with folks who are listening, we don't have, we don't want to talk about the plans yet, but what we do want to acknowledge is that Imani, as you can see, is a phenomenal young man with so many talents and skill sets. And I definitely want to continue being a part of that. And so do tune in and stay tuned to us here on Everyday Folks Radio, where we will continue to promote that effort. And we'll be bringing you the latest information in the weeks to come regarding the launch of that exciting program. How do you feel about that, Imani? I feel tremendous. I feel tremendous to have that opportunity to host Everyday Folks in the near future. And I'm looking forward to it. And Imani, how could people stay in touch? Because I always tell folks, you you know this already, that on my author page, I place a who I, I have a who I'm supporting page, and I'll be placing your links there. Um, how what, how can folks stay in touch with you in the event they'd like to stay to to reconnect and follow up? Um, listeners and fans can remain in touch with me by following me on Instagram and Twitter by my production name. Mind you, on any social media, my production name is the same. It's King Zero Zero Prince. I'll repeat it, King00 Prince. And they can also remain in touch with me by my email, which is my middle name, uh, soldierbrutus at gmail.com. So soldier, S-O-L-J-A-H, Brutus at gmail.com. Or if they'd like to pay me a visit at school or home, I'll be willing to sign autographs for the free. (laughs) I won't charge them this time. (laughs) But uh, no. (laughs) Um, And also, if they're willing to uh, make a donation to uh, use Hop Day Train or if they want to come see it, um, I'll make sure that uh, Dr. Jones does post my, uh, the links to those, to those uh, websites as well. Absolutely, Imani. And I'm definitely going to be touching base with you over the next couple of days to get that info and to get it updated on Everyday Folks on my page, which is www.billypauljones.com for those of you who are listening. And Imani, I just want to take this time to say thank you so much for coming to the show, providing such thought-provoking insights, such intellectual insights, and you are just a breath of fresh air. The future, if we we continue to have more amazing individuals, young people like yourself, this world is going to be left in great hands. So definitely we will stay in tune and we will continue to support all that Imani Buddhist is about. Thank you so much for listening, calling in, Imani, and we'll be in touch, okay? Thank you so much, and I just want to thank all of the listeners. Thank you for all the people that emailed questions in. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I hope that anything that you guys are looking to pursue or looking to achieve, I hope that you guys accomplish everything that you guys are achieving just like myself. And I just want to thank my family. I just want to thank my friends, everybody that has been there, and I want to just thank you, Dr. Jones, for being here for me as always. You're very welcome, and you take care, okay? All right, you too.
Folks, thank you so much for listening to Everyday Folks, an interview with Imani Brutus. Tune in next week at 3 p.m. for another exciting interview. Until then, enjoy your Sunday and take care of yourselves.